Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Denise Salcedo here. It is January 20th. We are here to talk Monday Night Raw ahead of Royal Rumble. If you missed things on Fightful this past weekend, we had the Conor McGregor return. We did a watch-along, myself and Jeremy Lambert. That is worth going out of your way to see. Of course, we have the Raw and SmackDown post shows. There's the new Distraction Podcast, which is uh, your bit of news for the week after listening to your boy, but we got our channel back. We're going to talk about that at length on Wednesday on the Listen Your Boy because Jimmy was heavily involved in this as well. But um, yeah, it's 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 a good time. We'll just say that. This show brought to you by Fightful Select, our premium service. I have news on Tessa Blanchard, Ring of Honor. Uh, I'll have some Cody Rhodes news up there this week. WWE news, Killer Cross news. Drop the Backstage Report podcast. And this week, a very special Q&A show all about the Royal Rumble. Without further ado, Denise, how you doing? I'm doing great. So glad to be back on the show. I feel like it's been, even though it's been a week for some reason today, I was like, man, I feel like I haven't been on the podcast in centuries, but it's literally only been a week. So make what you will of that. People are saying that they cannot super chat. Oh boy, just what I love. Uh, not sure how or what's going on in, in that regard, but... um uh, we'll get it squared away. It'll be set by Wednesday. I, I know that we had to switch our Google AdSense and, and all that stuff, but um, that, that'll all be sorted out soon enough. But uh, in the meantime, just leave a thumbs up. Just subscribe. If you want to show us some support, uh, do me a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a positive, nice review over there because we do a lot of stuff on YouTube. It kind of splits our views and YouTube's kind of throttling our views right now. I noticed that my channel was doing a lot more traffic than the Fightful channel with like 10% of the subscribers, but I don't put anything past YouTube anymore, Denise. I'm, I'm not, I'm just not it's surprised so at all. scary. You gotta take care of all your creators no matter what size they are. You gotta take care of them all because without your creators, you have no platform and therefore no viewership. So take care of all of your creators. <laughs> 
I agree. I agree. Well, Monday Night Raw, I, I got to say, I enjoyed it again. It wasn't like the greatest episode of Monday Night Raw or anything, but I don't dread watching Monday Night Raw at this point, and that is such an unusual feeling for me, Denise. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I was so Ooh, bored during today's show. Really? Yes. You know those times when you're watching and you're just like urging to pick up your phone instead because you'd rather be on social media because nothing is really gauging your interest. So that's kind of how I felt throughout a lot of the show today. There were some highlights, which we'll get into later today, but I think I thought overall the fact that it's the go-home show before the Royal Rumble, only like one of the biggest pay-per-views like of all time and one of the most exciting ones, this is the one of the pay-per-views that I can get people to come to my house to watch it that aren't even like – you know, weekly wrestling fans, they're casual wrestling fans. Why? Because, hey, they just want to come watch the Royal Rumble, eat some pizza because it's exciting. Yeah. So the fact that this show did engage my interest and it's the show before, you know, before the Royal Rumble, I don't really know what that says. Check out Sour Graps with Denise Salcedo uh, coming soon to Fightful Select. You're so pessimistic. You know who you remind me of? Of who? Raven. Oh, did oh I had that was a segue. That was a segue right there, Denise. Thank you, thank you. Um, so when was it? Oh God, Saturday. I was okay. I gotta say this. I think this was probably what I was so nervous for this interview. I'm probably one of my most nerve wracking ones, just because I really wanted to make a good impression. You know, Raven is somebody that you know, has done so much in the industry. He's known for his mind when it comes to pro wrestling. So it wasn't somebody that I wanted to drop the ball on with my questions or, you know, look like a floor, not sound, you know, educated. So I think I put a lot of pressure into myself in doing that interview. But we ended up pulling out a 16-minute interview where we talked about so much. Uh, we talked about Tessa Blanchard. We talked about uh, 25 years of the debut since the Raven character – we talked about AEW, which I discovered Raven is somewhat of a big fan of the AEW okay. product, which was very interesting to me. He said he mentioned that he's close friends with Cody Rhodes, uh, mentioned that he likes what they're doing. Uh, we talked a little bit about about that. And then uh, I'm trying to think about what else we talked about. We talked about a lot of stuff, including social media, the impact that it's had in the business for better or for worse, and a few more stuff afterwards. So it was a really fun, uh, interesting interview to do. He was an interview that I tried to lock down forever. Never could get a video interview. It took me seven months to make it happen. And when it finally did, like two years ago, literally the only time was during halftime of the Super Bowl. And he was doing, he was doing cardio and he is a fantastic interview. He was the first person I ever had for making a finisher for the Evenflow DDT. So I'm really excited to check out your interview. Because, like, every story he has, like, you don't realize how many stories that guy has. WCW in the early 90s. WWF in the early 90s. ECW in the mid and late 90s. Back to WCW in the late 90s. Uh, WWE in the early 2000s. Then to TNA. He's got stories from Ring of Honor. That guy has been everywhere. Um, Speaking of that, we also talked about the downfall of Impact as well, which was interesting. Basically, any question that I had for him, you know, you can sort of, you know, as a person who covers wrestling, you can think of things he's going to say or things that someone's going to say when you're interviewing them. But Raven kind of came up with some stuff where I was like, oh, well, that's a new insight. I didn't I didn't think about that or that's a great perspective. And that's that's the interesting part of all of it. 
make sure you guys check that out over on Denise's channel. I'm sure we're going to have a couple articles out of that as well. Uh, really good stuff. Really glad that you were able to get that interview. He is a fantastic one. But uh, Seth Rollins came out with his crew, Denise. Now, we didn't have a listen your boy last week because we had major audio issues that didn't capture my audio, whatever. But one of the things Jimmy wanted, he wanted to see Buddy Murphy out there in, in a suit, in regular clothes. Wanted to see that end of Buddy Murphy. We got that, but we also got Kevin Owens, joined by Samoa Joe, confronting these guys. Now, Rollins drew a line in the sand. He said, you're with us or you're against us. He He's wearing the one glove. Do you think there's any significance to the one glove? I mean, it could be, you know, if he, especially he's going for this Messiah thing, you have to have something, especially if you're going to be like a leader, you got to have something that sets you apart, right? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. That does. I mean, it, it, I think it, it stands out quite a bit. I mean, I, I don't see a whole lot of other people doing it. I mean, we, we see people wearing gloves here and there, but not a single glove. It is very villain-esque. Uh, Buddy Murphy, though, the second I saw him with the black blazer, the black skinny jeans, the little man bun at the top, the oh, the first person that came to my mind was Marty Skrull. Yeah. That was it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, oh, that's it. That's, I'm just, I'm seeing Marty Skrull right now with the casual, that's his casual look. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so the War Raiders are out, or the Viking Raiders are out to even the odds, so to speak, which that seems like their role. They're always the team that evens the odds, or they're the ones who need the odds even. Like, it always just seems like either they're standing on the stage waiting for a third person to join them, or they are the second and third people to join somebody else. I think that kind of numbed me to this a bit, because naturally the Viking Raiders and AOP are going to clash one day. Like, that is going to be... It it probably won't be a big match, but it should be a big match. But what do you think of the Viking Raiders being number three and four here? So when uh, when Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe were saying like, "Hey, we're not the only ones. We're gonna have somebody else come out." I, you know what's funny? I the Viking Raiders didn't come off in the top of my head. So when their music hit, I was actually taken aback and surprised by it. And I was like, you know what? Yes, thank you so much for this because I feel that the Viking Raiders, it's been the same thing every week, you know, nothing new, nothing fresh for them, and they deserved more than that. So I kind of felt, you know, at this point, I didn't know that they were going to lose the bouts later on, but at yeah. this point, I felt, oh, great, this is going to give them some sort of revival, something for us to, like, care about, especially if they join up, they gang up, and hey, you know, they do something more with this. And then I thought to myself, well, this is perfect, because then you have the AOP on the other end, and hey, this is something that we have been wanting for a long time. So it gave them something an actual purpose on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I, I'm liking the different approach. Like, the, the world champion isn't defending his championship, so you make the tag team titles seem a little bit more important in that regard. Well, they've been trying to do the United States title. There was a ladder match between Andrade and Rey Mysterio, and I'll put it like this, Denise. I'm going to remember this match forever, but I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. This match, like, I, it was exciting, but I don't know if it was exciting for the right reasons. It's been almost three hours, and I'm not sure how I feel about this match. And ultimately, it, it was good viewing. Like, in my match ratings, I put it as recommended viewing, but here's the reasons why it was exciting to me. Andrade got Frankensteinered into a ladder on his neck, and you could hear legit concern in Jerry Lawler's voice. He was like, did you see his neck? 
like Lawler was worried. The match slowed down a lot after this, but there were big spots. There was like a power bomb onto a bridge ladder. Then there was a spot where Andrade goes for a gory bomb on top of a ladder onto another. And Ray tries to turn it into a sunset flip bomb, but Ray loses his grip and Andrade just launches. And it was nasty. Regardless, crowd's cooking for Ray Mysterio. They're ready. Ray's hanging from the hook. And then Andrade pulls him down, and it's obvious it was supposed to be a Hurricane Ron or a Frankensteiner. Instead, it was more like a power bomb on the back of Ray's head. That didn't look good. Um, Jesus, I will never forget this match. And I, I don't know if I'll ever know if I'll think this is a good match or a bad match. The finish was amazing. Hammerlock DDT through a ladder. I'm, I'm excited to see what you thought of this because it was a spectacle. That's to say the least. It's funny because, you know, you hear this match and you think, okay, Ray and Andrade in a ladder match. This is going to be great. All of that. But I felt that they did a lot of stuff in this match. And, you know, I applaud them for that. But I think, unfortunately, the match itself didn't end up coming together. Mm -hmm. I think what was decided upon, what was supposed to happen, all of that, however this match looked ahead of time, I don't I don't think that that's the way it ended up playing out. So, like, there was a lot of, you know, botches and errors and things got sloppy. I thought we saw a lot of that. And it looked aggressive and all of that. But I don't think it was enough to really make me say, oh, man, like, this is one of the best ladder matches that I've ever seen. And I think prior to that, I think my expectations were a lot higher than what they ended up being. And so I kind of felt bad because, you know, they were doing a lot of stuff and they were going for a lot of stuff that just didn't pan out. And uh, one of the things I did like, though, I did like the finish. And I will say this. One of my favorite things was actually Zelina's uh, incorporation into the match where she goes on top of the ladder and she sits there and then she ends up slapping Rey Mysterio. I actually like that because, hey, she's out there for a reason. She's been consistently out there, you know, getting in the way, etc. So, hey, of course she's going to do the exact same thing here. She was killing it with her facial expressions and then she comes out, she slaps Rey, and, you know, that's, a, that's a, you know, an aggressive, edgy thing where you're like, well, what are you going to do? You know, this girl just slapped you. And so I liked how all of that played into this match I thought that this was a good time that if they're going to be doing this constantly with Selena and Andrade why not go, go for it like full throttle and full throttle and when they did they actually nailed it so I thought the story aspect of this match worked out perfectly story wise I thought it was perfect uh, execution wise I was a little bit disappointed yeah ah uh, man some of those spots were downright scary and we, we've seen I don't want to say progressively it was almost overnight we saw way more dangerous spots happening in WWE. I mean, we, we saw that. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's any correlation to that in injury risk or anything like that. Because on Raw, really, all Raw is missing right now is EC3 and Jinder Mahal. The rest of the roster is pretty <laughs> healthy. Everybody else is good to go. I mean, you got, like, Ruby Riot, Nia Jax, people like that. But those were – those weren't – from big spots. Like Nia Jax didn't tear both of her ACLs by taking a jump off a ladder. Ruby Riot didn't either. Like, so of people that are drafted to Monday Night Raw right now, EC3 and Jinder Mahal are the only ones missing. And again, neither one of those guys were taking those big spots. I mean, to be fair, EC3 did get a concussion once because of 
he ate a Velveteen Dream DDT to the, the ramp. So we are seeing a lot more dangerous moves in WWE, but th- they had to. Like, they, they could not keep up that 2006, 2007 punch kick style forever. Especially the, the kind that they did forever where it just, it didn't, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. I don't know that this, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm saying when you mentioned that, like, hey, not only that, you have Wednesday nights, NXT, and, you know, they're going a different, you know, a different style. If I'm a person who's never watched wrestling and I just, let's just say I just started watching and let's just happen to say the first show I watched was NXT. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe I should watch Raw and SmackDown because they're a WWE product. So I want to see, you know, something similar to what I saw to NXT. I think you would see a major disconnection, especially if you're trying to get some new viewers and some new audiences and some new eyeballs, which is clearly what WWE intends to hopefully get. So I do not find it to be a coincidence that you thought Raw was boring. No! No, we cannot blame poor Umberto. I will not have it. (laughs) So Ray's about to get DDT'd on the floor, and a masked wrestler comes out. Now, I'm not sure why he was wearing the mask. Like, what what purpose did that serve, Denise? I don't know. Okay, so... When this was going down, I thought to myself, you know, it would be funny if Umberto came out. You know what? I, I knew think he was. was going to come out. And then, you know, we have somebody come out with a mask. And I thought, is that Dominic? For a second, I had a split <laughs> second where I thought that. And I was like, that's not Dominic. He takes off the mask. And I was like, yep, Umberto, there if, it is. If Dominic had Umberto's body, he would be on Raw <laughs> wrestling right now. They would not care how green he was. They would just put him out there. Uh, he's back. And I had be like, I'm not. I'm not stoked about it. He needs a lot of seasoning. He needs seasoning in the ring, too, is the thing. Like, a lot of people were like, oh, he's a fantastic wrestler. He's really athletic. That arm drag deal he does on the ground when a person is sitting, I ain't never seen an arm drag work like that before. The physics don't work to it. It doesn't make sense. He's got a lot of gifts, but talking isn't one of them. Making sense in the ring isn't one of them. It'll come around, but I had some people say, Oh, the crowd went mild. I, I didn't think so. I mean, I don't have to like the Humberto Carrillo character, but he got a little bit of a pop. Like, he got a fair reaction. He got a better reaction than I would have expected, considering that WWE hasn't given you any real reason to care about the guy. Like, he's helping Rey Mysterio. That's the most reason I've cared about him. Losing 732 top contender and U.S. title matches ain't doing it for me. He is still owed a title match, though, and it's from the guy who he's attacking. What did you think of his return? And it's interesting, too, because, you know, okay, he was gone for, I don't know, a month maybe, maybe a little bit more. Um, So who knows what happened during that time. But, you know, we say that, hey, he got a reaction. But doesn't everybody, doesn't everybody that comes back out of nowhere, you know, get a reaction? I think it's just human nature that if someone takes out a mask, you're going to be like, oh, oh my God, this happened. And I just think that that's the audience's natural reaction. Because if you think about it, if you go to a show and something happens where somebody comes back and somebody gets unmasked, my immediate reaction is, Oh, this is great. This happened in the city where I'm at, at the show where I came to. And as a fan, you get excited when stuff like that happens and you're there and it's happening in your city. So I feel that those reactions are natural. Not to say 
you know, that's not to say like, oh, that takes away from Umberto, but I just think it's something that was bound to happen. And, you know, we've seen it happen when you need somebody to get a little bit more of a resurgence when they come back. Hey, take them off TV for a while. They come back automatically. You get some sort of reaction. So as for Umberto, I'm, 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 I want to root for him. I really, really do. So that's why I'm like, okay, second chances. Let's see what happens. You know, he had a little edge attitude when this went down. Not so much, but a, a little bit. So I'm hoping that they do something with him, but they do something right, like with him and for him to help everybody out. Yeah, I agree. I do not need to see Humberto Carrillo taking up 25 to 30 minutes of Monday Night Raw. I don't need to see his two to three minute entrance, then a commercial right after that. I don't need to see a 15 to 20 minute match and then another segment later on backstage where he gets his ass kicked or he smiles at a camera or something. I don't need to see that. I need to see a reason to care. Um, by the way, if you guys are watching live on youtube.com slash fightful, hit the refresh button. Super chats will work. If you send a super chat, we will read your question or statement on the air and. <laughs> Jose Flores says, I demand Denise say Humberto's name with the same proper pronunciation she does Andrade's. Humberto. Humberto Carrillo. See, I, I, don't, I don't have it in me. <laughs> I don't have it in me. Hawkeye, thank you for the super chat. And Young Bibby says, what are they going to do with Liv Morgan? Ah, looks like continue what's going on. Hype <laughs> has gone way down for that. Way down. Poorly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. Uh, guys, if you all want to check out a new show from Fightful, Thursdays, 7 p.m., Jeremy Lambert and Joe Holbert bring you a, a look at wrestling news. Uh, it's a little bit different than listening to boy, but hey, it's a couple different uh, takes on things. You got one guy from across the pond. You got one guy sitting in North Carolina giving you their thoughts on wrestling news. Jeremy Lambert is the hardest working wrestling news writer in the world right now. He's our lead wrestling writer. Uh, him covering the news to the degree he does allows me to go out and get a lot of exclusives, a lot of interviews, allows me to travel more. So his insight is one that you're going to want to hear. Joe Holbert, one of the best feature writers in wrestling today. Make sure you guys check that out. The Distraction Podcast every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Alistair Black absolutely crushed a jobber. This was perfect. Was what it was. Hey, the entrance was longer than the actual match. But I wasn't expecting that. I was like, hey, you know what? Good for this guy. He gets in, gets a kick, gets out. You are going to get the Player Hater of the Year Award from Silky Johnston. Yes. Are you familiar oh, why with is that? that? No, no. What is that? Should I be scared? You, you Did you ever watch Chappelle's show? Not really, to be honest. I thought I watched one of his specials on Netflix and like that was it. And like I haven't seen his actual show. You have show. to watch Chappelle's show. I just never got into it. It just never happened for me. I I am offended. So should I be afraid? <laughs> I am offended. No. I'm sorry. No, I kind of dig it though because I mean I, I know you read the comments when you first started. People are like, Denise is too positive. Denise is I too positive. I stopped reading the comments. I oh, stopped don't. reading the comments. Because one, I, 2020 is the year where one comment isn't going to bring my self-esteem all the way down. I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let it. Well, I, I moderate the hell out of ours anyway. So. Okay. Anakin says, Sean, what do you dislike more, Carrillo or Cameron Grimes hat? Carrillo, by far. Cameron Grimes hat takes up maybe a minute of my time a week. If 
if I'm unlucky enough, it takes up one minute. Um, but Alistair Black hit a black mass immediately. I love that his music played immediately after the bell. Like, the gap between his music ending and then starting again was like 10 seconds. I love that. Wow. Uh, wow. I don't necessarily love penis kicks, but we got one of those. Brock Lesnar's out with Paul Heyman, runs down what will happen this in this weekend's Royal Rumble match, and isn't happy that Lesnar's getting booed and says that nobody even deserves to share the ring with him. Ricochet comes out, and they really draw this out. I did not enjoy this at all. Ricochet challenges Brock to a fight right now, and Lesnar laughs it off. Ricochet says, are you scared? Now, this wasn't good, but I'll say it's some of Ricochet's better mic work, but that's a low bar. That's a real low bar. Uh, for his efforts, he is rewarded with a swift kick right in the penis hole, Denise. Like, he got kicked in, I believe the, the technical term is the ball sack region. What did you think? Well, first of all, I just hate the combination of the words penis hole. <laughs> it makes me like irk. I'm just like, oh, that just sounds more painful than I could ever imagine. I, I but... didn't I didn't name the penis hole. <laughs> it just is what it is. It is. Okay. So this whole thing, first of all, when Brock and Paul came out, I, I was actually a little disappointed in this because I feel like usually they bring something new to the table. I kind of felt like this was just like the same thing that we have been hearing over and over, but nothing really special or some sort of twist added to it. Um, when Ricochet came out, oh, I feel so bad. I was like, this is great because he's getting mic time. And, you know, hey, you don't ever get better at anything without practice. Practice makes better. We all know that. So, but I just felt bad because I couldn't take him seriously. I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe Ricochet was actually challenging Brock. It just didn't come across as believable to me. Um, you know, I can sit here and talk about all the things that could have been missing from that, but it kind of, it was pointless to be honest. Pointless. Like nothing really happened. Uh, it didn't make Ricochet look any better. Uh, it look a lot Brock worse. Lesner, yeah, it made it maybe even worse. And Brock Lesnar, nothing happened. It was just there. I mean, I will say it does make Ricochet look like he is willing to fight Brock Lesnar, so that's cool, but one kick, he's done. He's done. And, you know, yeah. sometimes, whether it be one kick or one pump, you might be done. But fortunately, our friends at Blue Chew can help you out. If you don't want your penis hole to have problems, Blue Chew is here to help. If you don't want to just be a one-segment kind of guy, Blue Chew is here to help. Blue Chew, code Fightful. You can get it free. That's how you know they believe in their product. They're giving it to you for free. I'm trying to think of a promo that won't leave Denise looking like Prince on Chappelle's show, which she won't know, where she's like, this bores me. No. Let's play some basketball. <laughs> well, let me tell you, whether you're playing basketball or you're in the bedroom, it's going to be a slam dunk. With BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Drive the paint and get to the hole with BlueChew.com, code Fightful. 
It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they work a lot better, faster, and they're cheaper. It's cheaper because you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to like call and set up a doctor's appointment. It's prescribed online from Blue Chew affiliated position, or physicians, so you don't have to pay for the doctor's visit. You don't have to pay at the pharmacy. You don't have to spend your time. Your time is expensive. Time is money, my friends. And it's a chewable, so it gets into your system much faster than those other guys. Full or empty stomach, doesn't matter. And it comes to your door in a discreet package. Won't be discreet when you're shattering those backboards, though, if you know what I'm saying. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Blue Chew gets, gets your penis erect. That, that's what happens. Maybe you've been kicked in it. I don't know. I don't know. BlueChew.com code Fightful. Randy Orton puts over Drew McIntyre backstage in a pre-match interview, Denise. This was their first one-on-one match against each other on Raw since 2011. They had a one-minute match in like 13. But otherwise, these two guys have not really been around each other one-on-one. Uh, Drew, the, the rose was off the bloom for Drew about eight years ago, so he had a lot of reinvention to do, but he got frustrated early, and one thing I loved about this was how Orton reacted when Drew hit him, like, really hard in the corner. Randy is really good at making something out of nothing. With those facials and stuff, he's, he's, when he does the, cause he just has like that natural, like this is genuinely funny to him. Like I almost feel like it's his natural reaction. Uh, like he's not trying to fake it or be anything yeah. else. I will say this. I was excited for this match. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. You know, I had momentum coming in. It had that momentum when it first started. You know, we have this, you know, two guys trying to prove to one another that, hey, they're bigger, badder than the other guy. Um, But I'm going to just go ahead and be honest. I felt the momentum went way downhill throughout this match. It was a solid match, but it just, it was kind of boring. It didn't really have anything that made me, like, be excited about it, which was kind of disappointing because, like I said, it had that momentum going into it. I was excited to see this. And and uh, I actually thought everything that happened post-match was a lot better than everything else before. I actually kind of liked the match, maybe not from an in-ring action point, although I did love the power slam off the Claymore attempt. I liked the accidental Claymore on the timekeeper. That was oh, funny. Yeah. That <laughs> um, was clean. And then there was a superplex, but the crowd was up for it, and I, d- I dug that. The OC runs out, and you got to get him on TV. But Orton runs out with a chair and helps Drew take out the OC, and then RKO's Drew. I loved Drew's promo after this. It could have been, uh, there could have been a little. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply less to it but i love that he was like give me a mic that works and it, the white mic worked i thought the exact same thing i was like what is he talking about we just heard him say give yeah. me a mic that works so clearly this mic is working yeah. i even thought to myself i wonder if they just gave him back that same exact mic <laughs> First up, this was bothering me i just wanted to know what mic did they give him did they really give him a new one because the last one worked <laughs> maybe maybe it just maybe the sound wasn't carrying in the venue or something like that I don't Maybe know. it was I, just him. You know, he just finished this match. He's exhausted. Maybe it wasn't all there. Whatever. We've seen that recently with Brandy Rhodes, too. She had a segment on AEW where she's like, give me a mic that works. But hers did work. It came through the feed. But I loved this build for Royal Rumble. Drew, this, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to just add that. I love the post-match because I like the fact that he, you know, they had this stare down. And at first I was like, oh, don't, don't give me this friend stuff. No, please. I don't want to see no handshake. None of that. Yeah. So when it almost seemed that, you know, Drew, it was like, okay, nothing's going to happen. And Randy's going to leave the ring, whatever, play music, turns his back and Randy gives him the RKO. I thought it was perfect because it added something where it's like, yeah, ha, you trust me? Well, guess what? Um, No. So I actually like that whole aspect of it, and I felt that it added something more so that when we see these two guys, you know, confront each other once again, Drew has a reason to be pissed or to at least be worrisome of what Randy Orton has up his sleeve. Yeah, I thought this was just great. Drew said, your RKO comes out of nowhere, but my Claymore's not. I'm coming for you. It's going to happen. I hope we end up in the Rumble at the same time together because I'm going to knock your head off. Oh, I thought that was awesome. And right now you got a lot of people in the Royal Rumble who haven't been completely buried or are still over. Like Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens are involved in the top angle on the show. Seth Rollins is too. You have Braun Strowman who has the record for eliminations in a Royal Rumble. You have Shinsuke Nakamura who's won a Royal Rumble. You got Aleister Black who crushes people. You got Buddy Murphy who just got involved in a top angle. He ain't winning, but still. King Corbin, Ziggler, Reigns, they're involved in the top angle. A couple of those aren't going to win, but still. Mysterio, Orton, AJ, Brock. Like, I think that Roman Reigns is the favorite, but there's a lot of, lot of good options here. And it was mentioned in the Royal Rumble by the numbers video that they put out that three brands will be competing in this Royal Rumble. So... They did effectively confirm NXT's involvement unless digital completely screwed up. I thought this was a good build for the Royal Rumble and the match this weekend. Who do you have winning the Royal Rumble this weekend? So, okay, I actually made a few notes before I'm looking. Okay, so my surprise pick is Aleister Black. Okay. Okay, because I thought to myself, this is somebody who's been protected. We've been seeing him constantly. Why not? He could be a credible opponent for Brock Lesnar in the future yep. down the line. 
My other pick is Drew McIntyre because, hey, we all know the reasons. I don't even have to give you the reasons. You know, he's somebody that we've been wanting to see go full forward. I, I'm i a believer that I think the Royal Rumble should have a winner that is someone that is going to get elevated. Like, we don't want to I, – I personally don't want to see someone who's, like, already been at the top. We've already seen numerous times at the top or, you know, was really expected. I want to see somebody that, hey, let's give them a shot. Let's – do something new with this person. So that's my other one. And then the other one that I was going to go with just because, you know, hey, popular opinion, Roman Reigns. So yeah. those are my three go-tos. Joseph Farley says, my swear jar is back. Poo-poo, pee-pee, go cats. They should have a blue blue chew logo on the court. I wish. Sean T. Collins, thank you for the super chat. And Rob Wilkins says, I tweeted a photo of a young Rob Wilkins to support Denise. I can't wait to approach this. Um, <laughs> he says, oh my God, watch Chappelle. I'm offended too. This is Sour Graphs with Alex Salcedo. So, Man, I offended a lot of people with that Chappelle show. I watched one show. I'm sorry. It's worth it. It's worth it. So we'll go ahead and talk about this absolute dog shit Street Profits segment. Jesus, this thing was oh, you hated so bad. That? I, I, I laughed. Hated it. I didn't even think it was so bad it was good type of thing. I just thought it was so bad. The jokes the jokes were corny, but and and the the laugh track and all that stuff, and I get people saying it was supposed to be bad. But the thing is, if it's supposed to be bad, it should be so bad it's good. This wasn't that. It was just bad to me. See, I'm a sucker for incorporating real-life stories, and the fact that they actually incorporated, hey, Gossip Girl reboot, Lizzie McGuire reboot, and then they kind of make a joke saying, like, oh, reboots are, reboots are terrible, but then they go and show this picture of Morrison and Miz. I thought that was funny. Like, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So I laughed. I giggled. It did its job. I wasn't expecting it. So I actually liked that. Uh, the rest of it, everything else was okay. But it was mainly the portion about the reboot that I liked that I actually enjoyed from this segment. I, I, that that was the one thing where I was like, okay, this is funny. Yeah. Uh, wasn't for me. Wasn't for me at all. But there was a segment where Val Venus's music was played. And you had a pretty interesting tweet, Denise. Oh, God. It was because of that segment. Well, that part where they played his music where, okay, so this is what happened. I, <laughs> when I watch Raw, I'm like texting back and forth with my fiance. I'm posting on Twitter, all of that stuff. And when the music played, I was like, haha, remember my Valvina story? And then he sends me this picture, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. So I kind of just drafted this tweet, and I was like, <laughs> should I put this out there? Like, is this embarrassing funny or, like, humiliating embarrassing? Like, what kind of embarrassing level is this? So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and tweet it and see what happens. And it blew up. Like, this tweet blew up. The last I checked, I had, like, nine retweets and 100 likes. I couldn't believe it. So here's the story. Uh, you remember, obviously, when Val Venus would pick girls out of the crowd. He would get them. He would grab them. He would kiss them. All of that. <laughs> so when I would go to shows with my uncle, this was like 2001, 2012. So I was like maybe like 9 or 10 years old. We would go to the shows, and I was there with my uncle. And I remember being very serious when he would come out. And I knew he was going to pick those girls out of the audience because I thought to myself, oh, my God. 
what if he picks me? Like, what if I'm the person that he picked? And how am I going to say no to going in the ring and going with Val Venus and making out with him? Like, how am I going to say no to that? How old were you? How old were you? I was maybe like nine or ten. (laughs) I kept thinking, my uncle is going to get so mad at me. I was like, I love my uncle. I don't want him to see me making out with Val Venus. And I was like, my mom would be so pissed and my grandma would be so pissed. So... When he would do it, I would be sitting there and I'd be very serious and I'd be like, oh, God, please don't see me. Please don't see me. But I was nine or ten. And ignore the fact that it's pre-planned and whatever. In my mind, I was a female and therefore there was an opportunity that he was going to pick me without realizing that I was a kid. And I didn't realize until like years later that, dude, he was never going to pick me. Like, even if it wasn't pre-planned, this was never going to happen. So why was I so worried? Why was I so stressed that I was going to be chosen? I love this. So, oh. yeah, so sent me back that picture with my kindergarten photo. And oh, it was, it was like, amazing. Oh. It was adorable. I loved it. I popped for it. That was hilarious. Oh, that so, that helped make the, the tweet. That was perfect. By the way, I guys, know. check out uh, my Twitter. I just retweeted that. So uh, there you go. Oh no, I'm <sighs> I'm so afraid that that this is just going to be seen in all the wrong places, and I'm just like I'm going to regret this tweet later on. Like it's good for giggles and laughs and all of that, but I'm going to regret it. My face hurts. <laughs> Becky Lynch come, came out and cut a promo saying she should be facing Oscar instead of Kyrie tonight, and Oscar needs to worry about her. I didn't think this was Becky's best promo, and, and her match with Kyrie. I didn't think it was great. It really seemed just like move, 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 move. I love the start when Kyrie taunted her and she, <laughs> Becky punched her in the throat. Uh, Kyrie hit Becky with a flying forearm, countered a suplex with a big DDT. It pancaked Becky Lynch. She went flat and, um, Lynch ended up submitting Kyrie. My favorite thing about this match was Asuka just gargoyling on the top rope. Like she was just sitting up there. Like, technically outside of the ring. So, she wasn't really interfering. But she was just, like, up there, like, Shao Kahn watching people fight in Mortal Kombat. What did you think about that? That was weird. I was just thinking, like, how is that even allowed right now? Like, that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> She's I outside the ring. That, yeah. But, I mean, yes and no. It's I, very... I count, I count that as inside the ring. I don't see it as outside the ring. It's to very me, much like, like a inside. sibling. It's like a sibling being, I'm not touching you type there of thing. There you go. Like that's there her, but that's, that's a heel thing to do. So my favorite part of this whole match. Okay. There's two actually. So my favorite part was when Kyrie Sade was kind of doing that whole like little dancey thing where she was like, you know, mocking Becky, not not mocking her, but just kind of like being that really like annoying heel, but that's like also really funny. And I like the part where Asuka hit Becky Lynch with a kendo stick because I thought, yes, good. The referee isn't looking. This is what you need to do to, you know, give that reminder that, hey, the real story here is between Becky and Asuka. But it just made this match itself, though, wasn't great. It wasn't good. Uh, The Becky Lynch promo was okay. I only liked the part where she was like, you can take my eyes, uh, you can break my bones, etc. And when she did the whole YouTube and soup video joke. But I kept thinking to myself, though, is this 
enough of a build for this match, the Becky Lynch-Oscar match, because I think I'm excited for it just because it's a match that I know I want to see and would have been excited either way. But it makes me wonder if it has been built enough for the casual fan to be thinking, hey, this is a match I actually want to look towards it. So I haven't been decided. I was kind of trying to see it from, like, two perspectives, and I kind of felt like it still needed a little extra, a little something more. So, um I don't know. This was this was okay. I think it's a fair criticism. I do think that it's got its place on the card, though. And really, a Royal Rumble, it's sold by the two Royal Rumbles. I mean, traditionally, at least when I was a kid, I seem to remember the, the Royal Rumble match is what you tune into. And there would always be like a championship match where you didn't really believe the person that was contending for the title had a shot. Like, Hardcore Holly faced Brock Lesnar one year. He wasn't winning that match. Wasn't no way he was winning that match. Uh, of course, there were a lot of competitive ones, too, but this is Becky hopefully getting her win back, at least according to her. Um, Asuka attacks Becky after this. Big kick hits. Asuka lock hits. My main positive takeaway from this is it's good to see Kyrie Sane back in the ring after TLC because we didn't know how it was going to be after that. Like, that was pretty messed up, and she's back in a month. That's great news. Anything? Yeah, I'm glad to see her back in the ring, especially because Kyrie Sane's just that person that, you know, she just has so much talent. Like, I don't want her to see, I don't want to see her in the shadow of Asuka. That's just yeah. the most simplest way that I can put it. Sean T. Collins says, Lawler's commentary is a big drag on the show. Yeah, I, I don't like Lawler's commentary. I, it ain't good. It is I know, I feel bad. I feel bad because that was one of the things I kind of mentioned in our previous shows when we had Samoa Joe on commentary where it was like one person has this idea of what commentary should be and then another person has another idea of what commentary should be so some we got to get on the one page like that's kind of how I felt where you just have to get on the the same page and I mean obviously now that Samoa just gone it doesn't matter anymore but it still doesn't feel like that connection is still there where it's like a solid you know this is this is our focus this is what we're doing yeah, I agree. Uh, Jerry Lawler sounds like he's reciting video game recorded lines all the time, and it's really frustrating. We have new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins defeated the Viking Raiders. I liked the approach of Rollins and Murphy teaming instead of AOP. Rollins just had the Universal title a few months back, and for him to compete for the tag titles and a team with Murphy... It really seemed like it elevated everybody involved to me. Uh, Murphy immediately got kneed in the face. Owens and Joe brawled with AOP to the back. And this is a pretty good match. And, I mean, even even in this match, it was like Rollins is bringing Buddy Murphy up. Buddy Murphy sat there dejected last week. He was depressed because he couldn't win. And he helped Rollins. So now Rollins is helping him. And that continued through this match. And that's a very subtle thing that you're seeing. Like, Buddy Murphy has not been winning. He, he's won some enhancement matches. But Seth Rollins helped him win tonight big time. Now, as far as I'm concerned, it's a clean win. They didn't really do anything that disgusting. Um, I One note I, I had early on, the babyface and heel corners were switched. Usually the baby faces are in the top left corner of your screen. Heels are in the bottom right. It was the opposite this time. 
Denise, I love that because when everything's done the same way, every single time, it gets repetitive. When you're used to watching the babyface team crawl over to the upper left-hand corner, you get used to it all the time. It seems old. It seems different. This was such a minor change. It just made the match feel a little bit different to me. Well, hey, if it, I feel like if it if it makes it feel a little bit different, then hey, why not? To be honest, like for me, it was just it, it kind of felt the same. Like I I could have cared less, to be honest. But what? Okay, so but this actual match for me though, I do not understand why Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins holding up those titles at, was the closing end scene of Raw. This is how yeah. Raw should have ended. Hey. Seth Rollins and AOP and and Buddy Murphy were, you know, they're essentially the main focus of Raw. They're the big deal on Raw. So why not have them close out the show? Like, hey, these guys are those people that they have been pitching as, hey, these are the badasses that are taking over Raw and they're not playing by anyone's rules and they're taking over and they want to do things their way. So, hey, have them close out the show. To me, I have no idea why that wasn't the last image I saw today. Uh I had a feeling that they were going to win the tag team titles. I wasn't sure, but when they actually went for it, I wasn't upset about it. I didn't feel bad because it didn't bury the Viking Raiders. Yeah. It really didn't. And I think at one point, I think even us Viking Raider fans had to sort of realize that there was pretty much nothing else for them at this point. So they maybe- ran through the whole division. Exactly. That was it. So, hey, why not Seth and Buddy? And not only that, this also elevates, you know, their whole new uh group and gives them something, you know, give, you had to have something, especially if you're out here claiming that you're the future of Raw. So, hey, you should have some gold around yourself. So I thought this was great. And one of the things that I did like at the beginning was when Seth Rollins uh gave Buddy Murphy a hug. And it was kind of like, oh, like, before you go in, like, let me give you this hug. And you mentioned the fact that he's been depressed and he's been losing. Well, hey, maybe that hug was just really needed. Yeah. I like that. That's a nice little touch. Um, So Murphy and Rollins had good chemistry. They did the blind tag, the super kick in the corner, and a double power bomb. Ivar gets the hot tag, and uh, his acrobatics are getting less impressive each week. And the cartwheels looking a little lazier and the handsprings looking a little less good each week. But there's a spot where Buddy Murphy ends up with um, Eric on the bottom rope and Rollins is a curb stomp on the rope. It was, it was really good. Rollins had pushed Ivar off the top rope onto the apron and they win the tag titles. I'm okay with this. It elevates the tag team titles a little bit. The Viking Raiders were a victim of their own success, as you mentioned. The thing is, if there were one or two more tag teams in the division before tonight, which I've been begging for them to add more teams to this division, I bring it up every week, but they had already beat the Street Profits. They had already beat the OC. They had already beat Ryder and Hawkins. The only team left for them to beat is AOP, and that ain't happening yet. They're saving that. They want that to be a big match for them. So this was uh, a fine move in my estimation. I'm with you. This should have closed the show. I would have had – because, you know, somebody – I know that if I ask people backstage, why didn't this close the show? They'll say, well, because Rollins had to announce backstage he was in the Rumble, and so did Owens and Joe. Well, they could have done that in the ring, like having a big celebration. They're all in the ring, and Rollins goes, and we're going to win the Royal Rumble. And then backstage, you know how they close a show with Gorilla uh, gorilla all the time. Then you have Joe and Owens saying – yeah, we'll see you in there too. We'll be there. This should have made a vent in Denise. 
Exactly. There's many ways that they could have worked around this, you know, found some sort of way. And I'm also curious to see now if, you know, at some point, if the AOP is going to be like, screw these guys, we want to be tag team champions. Hey, we turn on Seth. I mean, down the line, because I still like them all together. But it it also adds for another element of that. Like, you know, it might be behind some people's minds at some point. So I th- I thought this was cool. I actually like this. I feel like I feel like ever since they added the Buddy Murphy, but the Buddy Murphy, I feel like ever since they added Buddy Murphy to this, I feel more interested, inclined to watch Seth Rollins and the AOP. And I do want to mention this, too, because I thought this was sort of interesting. So. You know, I my little brother was here. He's like 12, and he was watching the show. Doesn't watch wrestling at all. At all. Does not watch wrestling at all. He watched the opening segment to Raw, and his mom picked him up afterwards. He was upset to go home because he actually wanted to watch uh, the match. That they, the, 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 uh, yeah. This match. He actually wanted to watch this match afterwards. And I thought to myself, okay, well, there you go. This is a person who never watches wrestling and actually cared about what he saw on the opening show and actually wanted to watch this match so i thought hey if this worked for not even a casual fan then they're doing something right and i mean the quality i think of the show has improved significantly over the past couple of months especially but they've done a pretty good mix of advertising matches and adding matches as well so i've quite enjoyed that Mojo Raleigh thwarted the Bollywood boys' efforts to win the 24-7 title. I'm fine with this too. Mojo has needed something to do. He's done really well in his backstage segments. And it's different with the 24-7 title. It's not roll up, roll up, roll up, roll up, roll up. I'm, I'm ready to see something different with this title. Let it highlight the people that you want to highlight. I, I was, I, I like this, Denise. Exactly. It's just a quick way. If you want to say, hey, remember this person, here they are, then why not do it? Just a casual reminder so that when you work up to something better, have a better purpose for them or a better storyline, then, hey, at least they won't be forgotten in that person's eyes. Instead of when we randomly see like No Way Jose one week and then we don't see him for like five weeks later or, you know, somebody like that, that there's so much time that goes in between seeing those people that when you try to do something with them, it just doesn't work or the people aren't interested. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hardy is back. Uh, he tweeted that he, his WWE TV appearances are about to run out. I mean, as we've mentioned, we've covered this situation heavily on Fightful and Fightful Select. His contract's up in about six weeks. He comes out and gets crushed by Rowan. And this is, this is the part of the week where we get the, if this were Sunday, Matt Hardy would be eliminated thing. Uh, Jerry Lawler speculates that Rowan has a snake. It, it ain't a snake then. Uh, but Rowan gets his hand bit again and then slams the crate. So my favorite thing about this is you heard some actual gasps in the crowd as if there was anything worth a shit in there. <laughs> there couple... I'm telling you, just a natural reaction. Yeah. There, there were some people that were like, <gasps> he wins with an iron claw slam. Okay. At least he's not facing jobbers anymore. I mean, Matt Hardy, by all intents and purposes, He's not won a match since he's been back. They've been jobbing him out intentionally because he won't resign. But people know who Matt Hardy is. Right, and you're going to take a match like this slightly more serious than you would if he's just beating up some random guy. Hey, at least you know Matt Hardy. Do you see what kind of shape Matt Hardy's in? He put on his 1998 gear, and he looks way better in it now than he did then. Good for Matt Hardy. Good for Matt Hardy. He thinks he's still got something left in the tank. I, I believe that's the case based on what we saw with him and Ricochet and his creativity, his videos. 
His videos are so entertaining that we just post them standalone on our website every time. They're good things. I like him. I think we're at the point that if someone feels good, they can do good. Perfect example, Rey Mysterio. Yep. That's it. That's all I got to say. Lana comes out and gets some cheap heat. The Lashley family then defeated Rusev and Liv Morgan. So I posted on Twitter, this was Lana's first match, and I got a lot of pessimistic douchebags that are like, hopefully her last. And I'm like, why hopefully her last? What about this match would make you say hopefully her last? She did perfectly fine in this match. She ain't wrestled regularly since WrestleMania. So it's well before that. Mixed match challenge. And she had worked pretty damn hard to improve in the ring. I thought Lana was absolutely fine in this match. She didn't have to do a lot. She wasn't the focal point in the ring of this, but Lana did absolutely fine. There, there will be some people that think it's cool to say that Lana like absolutely sucks in the ring. You know what? I'm sure if she tried to go out there and chain wrestle for 10 minutes and call a match on the fly, I'm pretty sure it ain't going to be good, but that wasn't this. Also, we saw Liv Morgan get really some offense for the first time in a long time. But uh, really the highlight of this was Lashley doing his Yokosuka cutter to Rusev because Rusev's a big boy. But Liv hit a nice enziguri, but Lana grabbed Rusev's leg and Lashley won with the spear. Rusev in the ring is getting buried here, Denise. I know I just unpacked a lot there, but I, I want your thoughts on all that shit I just talked about. So first of all, this was just a nothing match, like just a – not a good way to end the show. Nobody cared. I didn't care. I was kind of just like looking at the clock thinking, all right, well, you know, I'm going to be done with this and start the pot. You know, you know when you're already thinking about what you're going to do next when you're yeah. watching something? I should tell you that it's not working out. Um, I just think that they need to end this soon, okay? Like, that's sick because I feel that if it's not terrible, it's not horrible, that I just don't care at this point. And, you know, I was just really hoping for something more with Liv Morgan. You know, hey, they're doing these vignettes. They kept her off TV for, you know, however long. And so, you know, you're thinking that she's going to come back and do something exciting or different or whatever. But this, this just isn't working anymore. I think that that's it. Um, And I also would like to see... Rusev do something now like this is a guy who's going out think about when he first came in and to what he looks like now this is a guy that has drastically changed his body has constantly been getting over with everything that he's been doing so let's actually have him in something serious in a serious program where it means something and we can get behind him I think he's done about everything right that he's been handed so why not you know give just something different that's it I'm, I, I think I'm done with the whole with this whole thing Whoa. Denise, this feud has been going on since the first show we did together. I know. That's been like, I don't even know, four or five months. I lost count. And and we always, you know, a lot of people want long-term storytelling. I'm one of them, but I want the story to be good. Yeah. Like, now granted, it is so bad it's good, unlike the Street Profits thing, but, ah, ready to move on from that. But Yeah, that should have, that was not a nice ending for a rod, for sure. Well, guys, this weekend is a packed one. Uh, Anakin sent a super chat asking if there'd be a Worlds Collide post show. There will not be. Uh, I might, might do something on Select, but I don't want to advertise that. I, I don't know if I'll 
be able to do that, but we've got hard times this weekend. The reason I'm not doing a Worlds Collide post show is because there's a cyborg fight on Bellator, there's a UFC show Saturday, and then I gotta get ready for the Rumble Sunday, and then Friday night, SmackDown in hard times, so it'd be really hard to fit all that in there. But we'll, we'll have something, but this week we do have a Darren Young interview dropping. I am supposed to have an interview in correlation to NWA. Uh, hopefully I can get that transcribed and out this week as well. Uh, it'll all be on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Have an article about James Storm talking his time in TNA to kind of promote NWA uh, hard times. But Denise, what do you got going on this week? Um... I'm pro I'm most likely going to be at the Bellator 238 media week. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. I still got to prepare and all of that. So I have a busy next like 24 hours before I have to get ready for that. And then, uh, well, Royal Rumble on Sunday, I'll be having a Royal Rumble party at my house. So I'm excited because I get nice. (laughs) I I hope that you ask cyborg about Becky Lynch so she can then turn to her manager slash boyfriend and go, is she the one with the red hair? And then everybody will be like, oh, she's coming to WWE and she's coming to AEW because she, she wants to. Chris Cyborg has not done a damn thing to get ready to go into pro wrestling people. I don't know how many times I got to tell you guys this. Her manager wants you to think that she does or at least did because she wanted leverage to sign with Bellator. That's what happened. She showed up at the PC. She took some pictures and then she Pissed off some people in WWE because she put on all of her social medias, or her boyfriend did, that Ronda Rousey was not going to re-sign if they brought in Cyborg. That was horseshit. Chris Cyborg ain't coming to pro wrestling anytime soon. Enjoy media week, Denise. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. On the bright side, I get free food. Uh, hey. Oh, yeah, so... Right? They feed you. That's nice. Uh, Raven interview. Do not forget to watch that. YouTube.com slash TD Salcedo. Make sure to subscribe. I also have another interview coming up on Monday. Uh, I won't say yet who I'll surprise all of you all that too. So that's coming up Monday. And then I think that's it. I'm done. That's it. Guys, make sure you all, uh, check out all the shows this week. Listen, your boy is back on Wednesday. FightfulSelect.com. That's the best way to support us. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.